I've had someone find a deal by Harvard University that was a 3% cap rate, and they were all excited about it because it was a huge, massive deal, and look at all this cash flow. But just because there's a lot of cash flow, that doesn't mean it's going to make you a lot of money after debt service after you acquire it, if you do it wrong. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey guys, welcome to Big Fat Real Estate Checks. My name is Marco Kozlowski and I'm with Francesco Galluccio and Gabriel Araish. Gabriel has recently moved to Florida, where we now both reside, and Frank is shoveling mountains of snow outside in Toronto. Staying 40 nice centimeters. Four, which yeah. is uh, what? Uh, that's three feet of snow? How many? I can't do the conversion anymore. Yeah, I, I, well, <laughs> so it's like more that. than three feet. That's, it's just <laughs> over three feet of snow. It's crazy. It's the, that's the most snow that I've seen in Toronto. It's bananas. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of fucking snow. That's a lot of snow. Yeah. Frank can't find his youngest son. <laughs> yeah. Well, he will be buried in it for sure. That's a, that's either a good thing or a great thing or a terrible thing, yeah. depending on uh, on how you look at it. So, hey, where were we? Oh, yeah, the podcast. While we're not shoveling snow and uh, enjoying time with our family, we're going to be discussing today partnerships and how to structure partnerships and uh, surrounding yourself with the right humans to be able to achieve specific goals, what the criteria should be where you should be aligned to really get the best value out of a partnership and the pitfalls, the the pros and the cons and all the wonderful things that come from great partnerships. There can be terrible partnerships in business and, you know, horrible partnerships in business and an amazing partnership in business as well. And we always strive to find the best possible results and being prepared and understanding what to do is extremely important. So this is definitely uh, going to be a fun topic to discuss. Of course, uh, our main focus is to build wealth using other people's money through skill, not money, and how to structure deals in a way where you can fold time, get the best possible results in your life, and really just have an amazing, amazing lifestyle and uh, have fun throughout the process. And this is what this is all about. If you've not listened to the first 10 podcasts, please do. Uh, this explains asset-based lending and how anyone, I mean anyone, including you, no matter what your credit uh, situation is or where you live in the world, uh, you can amass a huge real estate portfolio that yields huge returns uh, in passive income. So you can really make big differences in your life and take care of those that you want to take care of. So please listen to the first 10 and, uh, Take it from there. So let's talk about partnerships. I know that we're enjoying a phenomenal one, the three of us, uh, and we've journeyed with some terrible partnerships in the past. And uh, let's go over some criteria. If someone says, you know, I really want a partner. I really want to have someone on my side. And, you know, I, I just need someone to help me in XYZ um, you know, situation. So let's just open the discussion and see where the wind takes us. So who would like to start in this uh in this discussion and dialogue fine i could start well well, well you know my history uh marco with uh, partnerships you said there could be good ones and there could be bad ones i definitely experienced my fair share or at least my fair share at least i think so of bad ones and again partnerships are they can be very lucrative if leveraged properly they can expedite your your success they can expedite your your goals but like you said before it's like a marriage you have to have aligned goals you have to have aligned milestones or results that you're both looking at so a lot of people that sometimes have nothing to bring to the table those are the ones that want to part with you and those are the ones that you have to be a little bit 
skeptical about it and say, what do they bring to the table? So if you're going to partner with someone, what I suggest to do is you got to not persuade, but you got to convince the other person that, hey, this is what I bring to the table. This is what I bring to the group. And you got to focus on your strengths. So if my strength was contracts, reading contracts, fine print, that's what I did for 24 years, uh, legal, that's what I bring to the table. And just say, Gabriel, he's more on the analytical side and analyze the deal, crunches the numbers because his background is numbers, right? And then Marco, in your case, you bring to the table in a partnership, you can find a deal and negotiate a great price. So each one complements each other for a common goal. And that's the purpose, a common goal. So each task. So I don't know how to negotiate as good as Marco, and I don't know how to run numbers as, as great as Gabe, but together, collectively, doing a joint venture. And that's why it's called a joint venture, JV. It's a venture that you have common grounds, common ambition and common goals to get to A to Z as quickly as possible. But JVs can also be like a bad marriage. If you get into it, marry the wrong one, get in too quickly, don't know what the other one brings to the table, and then, you know, two, three years later, you're, you know, you're looking for a divorce and you're liquidating everything. Or you don't know why you're doing it. That's even worse. Or like I said, if you're doing it only for the sex, because bottom line is, is when you're getting into a deal, if you're just, you know, part partnering up just to partner up. And like a lot of people I find, become partners before they know what they want to do i'm guilty of that too where it's like hey you want to do something together and you know we'll we'll do real estate for example but we don't know what we're going to do which deals and we just kind of try and fit the deals with our personalities and with our strengths and strengths and weaknesses rather than you know i guess doing it what i feel is the right way now where you know a deal comes to the table and you attack it with yeah okay there's the numbers first you want to make sure that it's a good deal and then once it's a good deal well, okay, well, who can I bring into this deal that's going to make this a more solid deal overall, whether it's from uh, an operational standpoint, whether it's from an exit standpoint, whatever it is, is you got to find out what your intentions are with the deal and then bring in the, the people that are going to make this vision happen as best as possible. I'd like, I just want to hit the pause button for a second, rewind, and let's go back to I'm new in the real estate space. I want to build or I want to build a business. I want to start selling things on Amazon. I want to open a bar. I want to buy a hotel. Let, you know, mm. I don't have the experience or the, you know, I have a desire to achieve a certain goal and I want to start this business or get into this business. And actually I, I recently read a comment on, you know, I need to partner with someone because I don't have a down payment. So I need to align myself with someone with money and that solves the problem. So let's tackle, I guess, the, the challenges with that attitude and it's it could be a, a wonderful thing and it could be a bad thing and i just want to noodle around that concept first as to how we can avoid a possible train wreck with that idea in mind and then how do we solve it to build an empire to be able to you know because at the end of the day you can find the right people to partner with to start an airline to you know open a, a record label get into a private equity fund that you know makes billions of dollars a year you can do anything as long as you have the right, I guess, the right things to bring to the table at the right time. So well, let's rewind a little bit and let's say... Yeah, in your scenario where someone comes and says, hey, I need a partner to because I need a gap or I need, I need financing on it. So someone that's coming in with the money, that's their strength, is coming in with the money, with the capital. Maybe they want a passive role, but that person coming in with the money, then I, they would question, or at least they should question, that person that's looking for that lender, I mean, that, that partner with the money and what do they bring to the table? Do they have experience in acquiring a property, managing it and optimizing it? Or is there other 
people that's going to be involved. So my first question is, will be, well, what do you bring to the table? The person that's asking Marco. So the one that's asking, Hey, I need a, I need a money partner. That's fine. The money partner could be available, well, but the money partner would have to ask, what do you bring to the table? I think the listener needs to know what they need to bring to the table in order to attract money. Cause I think the money partner is always going to be around. And I think that's a misconception that there's just no money out there. The money's always there if the deal is right. So if you don't have money, that's fine. Then get good at finding the right deals and the right opportunities for the money. And the money will find the deal. I think that's always going to be the case. I know it sounds you know, easy to say. It actually is not more complex than that. If you find the right deal, if you find a deal that's going to be a real estate deal or a real estate back deal where someone bringing in the money is going to get a return that is, you know, much stronger than what they can get doing anything else, whether it's stocks, whether it's, well, for an equal risk, right? That they can, if you can get more money for the equal risk, then they'd be stupid not to at least listen and, and look into it. So that statement of, I need a partner to bring into the down payment, so the first question is, is it a good deal to bring right. a person to bring a down payment? Just because I've had someone that we all know find a deal by Harvard University that was a 3% cap rate, you know, and they were all excited about it because it was a huge, massive deal. And look at all this cash flow. But just because there's a lot of cash flow, that doesn't mean it's going to make you a lot of money after debt service after you acquire it, if you do it wrong. So as a person looking for money, what you bring to the table is a solid deal. So you need the knowledge of what a solid deal is and looks like, not just take the agent's word for it or the seller's word for it. You know, hey, this is gonna be a phenomenal deal. You're gonna make a ton of money. Okay, okay. And then you realize after crunching numbers, which you need to get educated on, this is what the opportunity is. This is what it looks like. Here are the risks involved. And once you have that education, then it's very easy to get the money. As you said, the money is always, there. More, there's always more money than there are deals period. If you take a look at the money that's changing hands in Wall Street every single day, you know, it's billions of dollars, you know, if not more, more, right? Not more. So because investors want to make more money, money needs to grow. And there's a voracious appetite for that. So money is not the problem. It's understanding A, the deal, B, the opportunity for the other investor, how to communicate that. And at the end of the day, what you bring to the table is a good deal. What they bring to the table is the blood and energy to be able to make that deal grow. And that would be a, a the beginning of a good partnership because you have an understanding of what that deal is. Yes, but I'm going to play devil's advocate on this. Please That's do. fine. You, you can bring a good deal to the table. And someone did bring my wife and I a good deal to the table, but they were horrible in managing that deal after close. So I was the money partner on, in this case. So exactly. I, they needed someone for a down payment or the gap. We came in. But they were just horrible on management because they didn't have that skill set. So that was actually a bad partnership. So they found a good deal. The numbers worked initially anyways, but then it went all downhill because they didn't know how to manage the managers or manage that asset. So, and then in the end, you know, a lot of people got hurt, including the other partner, you know, well, I got hurt. He got selfish and he, he, they walked away because now they had got no skin in the game. So you got to be very careful just because they bring you a good deal. Do they have the skill set to run it through to What's the end game? Are you going to buy, fix, and hold, which typically, you know, we advocate? Or is it going to buy, f- buy, fix, hold for a bit, and then flip it within a certain time? Because a, a JV needs to have a distinct exit uh, strategy. 
whether it's to, to hold, but if someone holds for so long, you know, if I wanted to get out of the deal, how's that going to look like? So that needs to be spelled out. So just bringing the good deal is one element, but managing that property to see it to fruition later on is another one. And is that individual, so if I'm a passive partner bringing in money, is the person that I'm entrusting with that property going to yield, going to get the results that I'm expecting in two, three, or five years or 10 and that, years? That's a great point. And I think, and the more we, I guess the more we go through these types of deals, the more we, we learn, but obviously if I had to start all over again, and this would be my first, first deal where I'd have to raise money, I think I would just bring in an additional partner that has experience in running a good operations as well. And I would introduce them as the reason to protect the investment for the investor or the money partner. So this is the part where I think when you start off, let's just say you find or create this amazing, like, let's call it a 20 cap deal, right? Let's just go crazy here. And so 20 cap is something that is probably a unicorn in the multifamily space. Yeah, so well, um, yeah. two horns, one, one, with two unicorns. With, yes. That's actually being ridden by another unicorn that is being ridden by <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter. So the point is here is that money partners will throw themselves at you because of this, right? So finding the money is not going to be an issue, but even in a 20 cap, if you have someone who doesn't know what they're doing or just, you know, parks their ass and lets this thing ride itself, it's going to get out of hand and it's going to become a loser. You know, you'll, you'll finally lose money on a 20 cap. So, but the thing is, is that because you found a 20 cap, then you become greedy. And that's another big risk here is you don't want to give up enough equity to make this deal work. And I'm not talking just to the money partner. This is where I'm saying that if I had to start all over again, I would bring in someone who has experience in running a multifamily very successfully or very successful at also optimizing and finding ways to make even more money out of the property so that we can have a proper refinance or exit. And that's, I think just that would demonstrate to an investor or a money partner that you have enough intelligence to understand what you're not really good at yet because there's no way for you to like maybe you will be good at managing but why not put in someone who's already good has a track record and learn from them in the process so that you can be great and in your next deal maybe you bring in someone again and in your third deal maybe you do it again and maybe on your fourth deal then you kind of say you know what i'm gonna start the reins and this is the track record that we have the last three deals we did it this way and this time you know i've learned enough and i'm going to be managing myself there's going to be a trust factor that's going to be stronger for you then you won't get that problem that frank just discussed and so it really comes down to the more you're willing to put experience into the equation the more comfortable the money coming in will be yeah and, and listen partners doesn't have to just be the money partner it can be you know maybe you're looking at a property looking at an asset that that's going to need some some love and, and some work to it some capital improvements you may find someone that's in development or in construction or handyman whatever like hey man you know what you want to come in in this deal use your sweat equity to get this up to snuff get it ready in exchange you get a you get a cut so partners is just plugging in different elements of the whole deal whether it's fixing up whether it's money whether it's managing the managers whether it's just bringing someone into the deal that has access to money or maybe their network of other private lenders so you can bring them in that way as your as your money source guy so you source the deal i find it you source it, and we got someone else to optimize it now that's for somebody new right somebody new coming into the game and i don't know if you want to stick to the somebody new if you want to go to somebody with experience i want to just uh, rope in one little extra i guess hair on this whole thing 
Frank, you've always wanted to do to do a development project. And Frank's never done one. I've never done one. I don't think you've done one, Gabe. But if we know what a developer is looking for and we find a piece of land and we understand exactly, educate ourselves as to exactly what the parameters are, or there's a private equity fund that buys buildings at certain returns, which I know, Gabe, you've already you know done, where this is what we buy, this is what we're looking for, here's our parameter, and then you go out and get it, and then you put those things together and then you're paid as a partner on finding the right opportunity for someone else right so you're mm -hmm. piggybacking on the on the strengths of someone else so if i do want to get into the development game or let's say i want to get into the bar business there are certain things and i guess where am i trying to say i guess you, you have be to be the get, deal maker exactly basically. so there's a lot you can be the deal maker you can be in your case you're saying bring someone that's really good at you know management and optimization the beauty of of that component is that can be outsourced in a lot of ways you don't have to give away a huge piece of the pie we give you know 10 percent plus to a management company to help us optimize plus a little bit of juice on the refi or the sale to keep them into the game it's part of our process but making sure that you have the right players you know if you want to win a formula one or a horse race you know you can have a great horse with a shitty jockey you're not going to win the race you can have a great jockey and uh you know a, a decent horse and get a lot further so it's having the right components and the ability to work as a team that's really going and know your strengths know your weaknesses and allow people to do what they do best and we've said this many times i'd rather get a little piece of a big pie than you know all the pie of nothing a big piece of nothing right? yeah Exactly, and and I think most of actually most of the you know major CEOs operate this way where they don't really do anything other than have the vision. They build the they know where they're going. They know what they need, and they bring in these pieces, put them together, create this amazing marriage, and then keep a piece of the pie or whatever it is. And 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 so there's nothing wrong with that too. If your strength is recognizing greatness, then just put greatness with greatness. And, and make sure that you get something great done out of it like there's no shame in that it's actually a, a, a really strong skill as well so as long as you understand what you're doing and you understand where you're going and you're able to i guess sell that end game to the parties who are going to be involved in making it happen and treat them well and and make them part of the journey you'll end up winning as well so it really depends on what your end game is. Are you in it because you like finding deals? Are you in it because you like creating deals? Are you in it because you just like to say that you're in a partnership? Like, it really depends on what you want. But you can, and we, we've had partnerships where we found the deal. We've had partnerships where we found the, the money partner. We've had partnerships where we just found someone who had a deal and someone who had the money and then just got into the deal that way. It really it doesn't really matter how you end up in it. You just got to understand where you're going with it. Frank, shut up. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no. I was. Uh, I, I Stop had, talking. I had a comment too much. To I didn't shut. Stop. Stop. Shut what, what's going on, Frank? Where are you? I'm right here. Oh my goodness. He's knee deep in snow. Um. Yeah, deep in snow. Yeah, I should find someone. He's falling asleep. Maybe that'll make you sleep tonight. All that <laughs> shoveling. <laughs> yeah. All that shoveling. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But just going back to what you said, Gabe, is even being in a partnership or in a joint partnership, it actually. It will enhance your knowledge and skill set by working with others like i know with you know working with you guys i definitely enhance my skill set you know listening to you gabe and the same thing with marco things that you guys think of or things you guys that you say i'm like oh shit that's you know that's a good angle to look at it so you get a different perspective from two other or one other person which is better than mm -hmm. one right so i think partnerships will if finding the right partners you'll flourish 
and you'll expand on your knowledge set. And if you're a money partner, like if you're the one with money, you have to look at this from the same type of angles where why are you trusting this individual with money? One, do they have a good deal? Two, do they not operate the deal? You have to protect yourself too when you got money. And this is, I think, something that maybe we were all guilty of sometimes where we feel like we're bringing the money so we have no responsibility. But, you you know, we do have a responsibility when you bring in the money. You have a responsibility to protect your money before you put it at risk. So how do you mitigate these risks? And, you know, I say this all the time, you know, make sure the person's raising the money the right way. Like, are they, are they allowed to take your money in the first place? Is the deal good enough? How much are you going to end up with? What happens if the person doesn't or isn't capable of doing what they say do you end up with the deal and are you capable of ending up with the deal because it's it's great to say hey you know what i'll foreclose on you but do you know how to foreclose do you know what to do when you foreclose on the property do you know your you know your elbow from your ass when it comes to a project that's gone sour like these are all things that you have to be comfortable with and if you're not then it's not for you or make sure there's other pieces that get involved in the deal where you will get comfortable so say Frank brings me a deal and he says, hey, Gabe, I need the money. Well, that's great, but what's the, oh, it's a development project. Okay, I don't know shit about development. So if I end up with half a foundation because Frank can't do what he said he's going to do, then I'm stuck with half a foundation. I have no idea how to monetize this or how to get my money back from this. So maybe the deal is I'll give you the money, but you need to bring in developer Marco, who's done 20 years of development and he has to be part of this deal and he's got to be the builder, for example, because I know that he'll be capable based on his track record of getting it done. And so now it's Frank's decision. Do I want to get this done with Marco or do I want to and get Gabe's money or do I want to just go somewhere else and try and find the money by myself and get it done? I absolutely love what you just said is you're not looking at it from, well, I'm not going to do it because I don't understand it. It's let's bring in the right person for it to work. It's not a negative mindset of, well, I don't know how to foreclose, so fuck it, I'm out. It's, well, let's get an attorney in to take a look at things or let's get a professional in or an expert in this, rope them into the deal so we all make more money and we can isolate our risk factors by doing that. And I think that's very, very important in that mindset, which is extremely necessary. If the deal, Sorry, yeah, but if the deal is good, it's, <clears throat> that's that's all it is, right? The deal's bad on the, like if the numbers suck, then it's a pure no from me anyways on money. But if the deal is really good and there's just a few things that are adding maybe more risk than I'm comfortable with, then yeah, let's bring in somebody who can mitigate these risks and you give them a piece of the pie and get that done. It's why not? It comes down to managing expectations. Right. So what are the expectations? What can go wrong? And how do we mitigate those risks? And, you know, not look for a reason for it to fail, but how do we win even if it were to fail? If that makes sense. And this is all paperwork you need in the JV agreement where each role is clearly defined on exactly what Marco's going to do, what I'm going to do, what Gabe's going to do. What happens if Marco defaults? Does he have a cure period? Like, you know, smarten up Marco, you got 30 days or what this happens, right? So there's got to be right. It's just finding the right partner is one thing. Then yes, getting an attorney or or the the right paperwork to clearly lay out what everyone's expectation is. Less surprised that way. Everyone knows what. And it's role important is. to understand the role the guy that's bringing the money or the girl that's bringing the money in because, you know, a lot of us when we start off in real estate specifically and we want to raise money, we're like, well, you know, it's a great deal. You well, why aren't you just throwing the money at it? And that's sure, but put yourself in their shoes you know why why would they give the money to you there's like a million deals out there that require money why should they pick your deal and start working this way and this is why i said that you need to make sure that you can make the person putting their money in comfortable 
that it is protected and whether that's bringing in more people that have experience to surround you on, at, in, on the first couple of deals whether it's bringing in another another person to secure a position for the for the investor whatever it is that you feel can make this investor more likely to want to invest in your deal than somebody else's then you do that and sometimes it's going to cost you more money sometimes it's going to cost you a lien whatever it is it's still better than not getting the money not getting your deal done so but understand that even the guy was bringing the money it's not just their money that they're risking they're risking the opportunity cost of investing that money somewhere else and that's extremely important yeah well, even the money guy has to worry about, well, shit, if you run the ship down to the ground and I have to do a capital, oh, there's a capital call to keep that asset afloat, that's what they're worried about as well. Yes, so opportunity costs where they could have put somewhere else, but what happens if there's a capital call uh, and they got to put more money in because you neglected to do X, Y, Z, right? So from that perspective, from a money, again, someone that has money is most likely going to be playing a more of a passive role, just saying, than an active role. Again, they're thinking about do I have faith in this individual that they're going to do what they say? And what happens if there's a capital call? What's my limitation? Like, do I have to put it all in? Can I just bail at that point? Can we sell the assets? So these are all things that are racing through everyone's head. Even even someone coming into the deal with no money and doing sweat equity, like the construction worker, for instance. Says, I'll build, you find, I'll build, and then we sell type of thing. But I think removing your ego out of it as well when you're putting all this together is important because if it's all about how much money I'm going to make, me, 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 I need this because I need to pay my bills and I, you need to give me the money because this is a great deal because I'm going to make a lot of money, you're going to make a lot of money, that's not something that's really going to... They'll sniff you out. Immediately. Like you're immediately just going to go down in flames. That's what, a Titanic. What's in it for that? Exactly. Yeah, and if you them. build it where this is the opportunity, here's what's going to happen if it goes right. Here's what happens if everything goes wrong and how you're you know going to be taken care of. And if it's in between these, this is what is going to, you know, this is what's going to happen. And here are the players to guarantee the best chance of success. And, you know, the this is the team. And I think with that idea and it comes also back to clarity of exit, clarity of, you know, what my role, your role is, and not necessarily being married to just because you're a partner in one doesn't mean you have to be a partner in all. If I'm a, a money partner in Frank's deal and he needs all he needs money for me is money. And then his uncle has just get some cash because, you know, that problem was finally resolved and he got a brown paper bag full of cash and now I just want to, you know, invest it somewhere. Like clean the money a little bit. I'm not needed anymore, so I can't be butthurt that he's doing a deal with someone else. Be even though we're partners in a lot of things, I have to be okay with Frank being Frank and taking care of, you know, his immediate circle folks as yeah. well so it's just because we're doing one thing together doesn't mean we have to do everything together business but is not a monogamy <laughs> it's not although like i said and i think i may have said this in a different podcast but probably not there are there are relationships in terms of partnerships that could be you know long term and others that could be short term and or deal by deal so i think like you know take an example like we three like to do a lot of the larger deals together and that's kind of the first go-to is we might bring in money partners we might bring in other partners but i think the foundation of the trio remains because we like working with each other we actually have a lot of fun doing it so that's that's one thing but then there might be situations where if you're going in a different industry or you're doing something else that you may want to veer off and go do business with other people if you see fit so Partnerships are fun in this way where you get to decide who you work with. And sometimes I think, you know, I don't know, I'll speak for myself here, but 
even if I'm doing a deal that really doesn't need both of you, I'd still like to have you both involved just because it's always a good time when we do it. So I don't have no problem spreading the wealth around if it makes sense and and if we can make it work for potentially other partners that are involved but it's like i said i have a good time working with you guys and i think it's it's not really about the money anymore as much as it is about the journey and i think the journey with both of you is always it's always fun like it's actually always a surprise too <laughs> to a certain extent so you just have fun with it too find people that you love working with find people that you have a good time being around and that make your journey in your life a lot more fun that's another important part of partnerships and that might not be the case at the onset where you know you don't always have a choice when you start off depending on who's going to be bringing the money and whatnot but as you grow and as you do more deals you'll, you'll learn to see who you have a really good time working with and who makes and you'll know who you like working with when there's problems because as soon as there's problems and you're still able to figure things out and you're able to laugh about it and find a solution rather than start pointing fingers and and you know blowing each other's head up that's where you realize you know this this is a lot better than making 10 times the dough because when problems arise and you can grow through them together there's just you become unstoppable as a group and that's what you should be striving for ultimately the measure of character is definitely how someone reacts and behaves in hard times we're all going to go through them no matter how much money you have or don't have there's always going to be stressors and if you become a complete asshole butthead egocentric person while there are problems i don't want that person in my boat ever no Sorry, Frank, you were going to say something. <laughs> I thought you were no. going to say, sorry, Frank, we don't want you in the boat. I was going to say throw the boat. No, 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 Frank. Sorry, Frank, we got the dinky. It's oh, way I saw you pointing that what finger, are... buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we all... But you know what? You hit, you hit it on the nail. It's, Absolutely. it's like a marriage, guys, in good and bad. And the bad is the true character of people. And like the partnership that I had uh, or got involved <laughs> with, the bad clearly exposed that person's character and it was shitty it was shitty business shitty attitude and yeah i would never do a deal with that person again and nor, nor i yeah, nor yeah. i you were one of the partners too you were one of the jvs in there well, so I, I felt so bad i put you guys together that i actually wrote the check to make you whole because i i felt bad yeah. that i had put you with someone that was shitty but that's something you didn't have to do. I didn't. That's what I'm saying. But you did as a good interpreter because, yes, you connected uh, I thought, us with, with the other one. Yes. Because the relationship was, to me was more important than the money. That's more important. And when so there's... That's the partner you want. There. Well, it's, that's the partner you want. Well, it's true. It's when... <laughs> it? And... Uh, we were very thankful for that. That's, I, I'm that's, not looking for we, thanks. We, yeah. It's the right thing to <laughs> yeah. do. And, you know, again, it's... You do... You want to protect the relationships that matter more than money money comes and goes relationships that are solid are more vital and actually more valuable than money i've seen people destroy you know a huge opportunity over 50 grand because they needed money and they took it and they said fuck you guys i need the money right now and it's how they did it that really fucked the relationship and it's a, it's millions of dollars as a speaker i see people speaking and then not paying the person that they're or they're supposed to get a commission and they you know try to sneak it around and not pay because that thousand dollars is not more valuable than that relationship that makes you millions it doesn't make any sense but anyway that comes down to integrity when times are, are difficult and i think a prerequisite almost in getting into a, a jv is tell me something terrible that happened and how you got out of it and how did you react you know how Give me some context on the shittiest thing, the shittiest deal, the, you know, you're down in the dumps, what, what happened, right? So 
I think someone that can take responsibility in that and has grown from that and how they got out of that is is a true measure of a good human. And it's important, I think, that you have struggled in order to to do well in general. But yeah, man, we've kicked this around a lot. I don't know if you guys have anything more to add to this or if we want to summarize all this, understand what you bring to the table, get educated on the opportunity, what can go wrong, make sure you protect the partners that are going to be involved, make sure you're on the same page, have the same expectations. If something does go wrong, how are you going to fix it? Who are the team members are, what the expertise is that is involved, how can they win and how can they lose? And throughout all that, have fun. Yeah. Because if it's not fun, what the fuck's the point? You're here. I'm sure I missed something, but I think those are the big points. No, I think you're on the Good news is we have other podcasts coming up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll figure it out. And we're all growing as a team. And the three of us together are much more valuable than individually. And uh, I think there's a synchronicity. Is that what that is? Yep. Where this each part individually is not as powerful as altogether. I think that's what the it's sum of its parts. Sure yeah. Exactly. Thank yes. you. Cool. All right, guys. Appreciate you. Listener, hopefully this wasn't too terribly boring. We had a great time, so that's all that matters. <laughs> Not really. We want you to get a lot of value. And of course, if you uh, like this, enjoyed it, please like it, love it, share it. Uh, we want to help as many humans as possible achieve financial independence through skill sets and uh, having the resources that are all around you, that are abundant for you to be able to put the pieces together to have the best life that you can have now and not think that you don't deserve it because you do. It is your destiny to be successful. It is your choice to fail. And through the choices that you make every single day, it either moves you towards the goals that you have and want or it moves them away from it. And I don't want that for you. So thanks so much for listening. You guys rock. Appreciate you. Have yourselves a phenomenal year and crush it. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.